I'm Tyler, melting pod laying down a ring. <laughs> I'm Connery, mm, Hanson. <laughs> <laughs> and this is The Franchise, a podcast where friends get together to talk about movie franchises, big, small. Sometimes there's many episodes in that franchise. Sometimes there's just one movie. And then there's a TV show 25 years later, but <laughs> we're just covering the movie to fill in this little one-week block on mm-hmm. The Dark Crystal. <laughs> and if you couldn't tell by Connery's extended uh, song, it's just us today. It's um, just me out there. Figured just make it light and breezy, you know, a little mm-hmm. in between. We've been... Uh, I think we've kind of realized too, especially at the beginning of like the first quarter of the year, there's not a lot of franchises coming out, so we're just yeah. kind of you do you kind of uh, mentality between yeah, the two our, of us. It's our vibe right now. We're 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 being very chill, I would say, right about now. Like we just capped off Funny Girl and Funny Lady, and we're doing this, and then we're gonna roll on to our next official franchise, right? Yeah, which uh, we announced in the last episode, probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> why don't we just announce it in this one this one comes out after that one sure well <laughs> either way either way who cares um yeah we're gonna do the legendary um studios godzilla's because godzilla versus kong is coming out and it was pushed <laughs> two months ahead of mm-hmm. schedule so now we're scrambling to cover all the new <laughs> franchises that some of them were supposed to come out last year including godzilla versus kong i think mm-hmm and uh, we're going to cover that, and I think the rest of the year, we're going to be pretty busy with new movies. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So Our schedule keeps shifting, it feels like. Like, every time you send me the master <laughs> yeah. list, you'll, the next day you go, actually, we're doing this, then this, and this, and this, and this now. <laughs> it's because, like, everything got pushed from last year, and now it's, like, and then the dates still keep changing, and I'm just like, oh, should we cover this franchise? And, like, because it's coming out, it's new. People mm-hmm. seem to like new content. And then, they do? Uh, People seem to like new franchises. I'm trying to uh, steer away from saying content. Mm. Um, Because, you know, this podcast is truly an art. Yes, it is. (laughs) This one only. We're artists. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, what was I saying? No, basically, like, yeah, there's like, oh, we should cover this franchise because it's new. And and then we're both like, "Uh, we don't like this one. Or you're like, I hate that franchise. (laughs) And you're like, oh, that's that's fine. We won't cover that one because I don't really care either. I'll just... uh, I'll leave that, that one unchecked one? unless you want to say it. What was that? I, I can't remember what we were even talking about. Like, which one was it? that I, I was like, I can't stand it. Uh, the Kingsman. Oh, it was the Kingsman. Yeah, I hate Kingsman. <laughs> I've only seen the first one, kind of. But I've seen all, like, three? Question mark? Or is it two? Is it just two now? And the third one's coming out? The Kingsman. Yes, yeah. All right, so, so I've, I've saw both with Jacob, and he'd always get really excited after the movie, and every time I'd leave so angry. I'm like, this movie sucks. Like, I think they <laughs> all are just terrible. Sorry, impending guest, Jacob Padilla. <laughs> impending, that's my new favorite. <laughs> and sorry to our audience who were talking about the movies that we're not going to cover instead of the ones we are. Yeah. But we'll just leave it a, a little bit of a surprise, and uh, maybe those new episodes will... Um, have as high of numbers as the most relevant things we've been covering recently, like The Naked Gun, <laughs> 60s musicals, and 80s Jim Henson productions. Hey, it's 80s comedy, 60s musicals, and Jim Henson puppet movie. <laughs> puppet movies. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're, it's 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 our it's our time. I feel like this has mostly been my strange time where I'm like, 
where like we're doing these weird obscure things that nobody gives a damn about uh i think no i mean i think these like the ones you've covered specifically too that you've chosen because mm-hmm. i don't know i feel like last year too there's certain ones where i was definitely like yeah we should definitely do this so you know just want to give you your options too obviously and we're evening uh, the playing these field. ones like huh i said evening the playing field Oh, I thought you said it was like a minefield. <laughs> no, it's a minefield. <laughs> All right, we'll cover pirates. <laughs> Our podcast is an emotional minefield <laughs> between the two of us. <laughs> uh, I don't want to do it again. <sighs> but yeah, I'm recording in a different room today and probably going forward unless the audio is very noticeably different. <laughs> oh, no, just uh, certain things like the Dark Crystal, I think, definitely have like a huge specific fan base you know yes i agree and i still think that me and everyone else who loves this movie and the series were robbed of continuation because i really 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 love the tv show and i love this movie yeah and to reiterate we're just gonna cover this movie uh i don't know maybe at some point we'll go back for the tv show in a different yeah. format or something but it's like when we did The Simpsons. We, we didn't watch yeah. all The Simpsons. We literally just did the movie. <laughs> and we've talked about other series like, oh, we should cover The Mandalorian and stuff like that. Because yeah. that's like Star Wars. That's a franchise. But I just don't think it'll really work best in this like main yeah. feed format. Because especially shows go on for a lot longer than movies just in runtime. You know? mm, I feel like it wouldn't translate as well. Yeah. Like so. we'd be, we're so scatterbrained. We'd be talking about one episode and then we'd just like... It just be a lot, cause especially with our format, of, we thought being like, this is a real bunch, this is like a shop talk episode, I feel like. But. Yeah, we'd be talking about how the Crate Dragon looks different from the different iterations of the Crate Dragon throughout exactly. Star Wars lore for like an hour and a half. Yeah, and people would be like, oh, I guess that was the episode about the Crate Dragon with Timothy Oliphant. Even though it's supposed to be about all of season two. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We just like, talked about one thing. Yeah, this is a little, you know, a little more light and breezy because it's just us, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know, that's all I have to say right now. Stay tuned for newer stuff coming out, but in the meantime, enjoy a little talk on The Dark Crystal, but before we get to that, Connery, what's new with Damn! you? <laughs> well, what's new with me? That's that's a good question. Uh, we had a, a very belated Christmas get-together, you and me and Lily, mm-hmm. and that was nice. And we exchanged our Christmas presents, and I love my decanter, and my I tried my scotch the other day, and it was delicious. Ooh, Old Forest or 100 Proof? Um, Old Forest. Stir. Stir, sorry. Forester Gump. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I was just saying for the audience, not for you. Okay, cool. I was like, well, excuse me. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> There's that emotional minefield coming up again. Oh, God. <laughs> But yeah, so that, and I've been kind of, not obsessively, but I've been really binging for something for the first time in a long time, which was uh, the anime Black Clover. And I started and then stopped episode 20, and then I came back to it, because I was like, I like that show, I'm going to come back to it. And it's 140 episodes in, apparently, so <laughs> I just uh, dived in headfirst, and I had been having a blast. The They did this whole like elf war thing, and there's a devil guy in the end, and it, I, I have so much fun. I like that show a lot. Uh what episode are you on? Uh, episode nine. No, uh, probably like a hundred and. Oh my god! When did you start? Uh, probably a few weeks back. To be totally honest. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I thought that this was just this week. And then, like, you have like no, yeah, but but also, it's not like they're an hour hour a piece. They're not even twenty minutes a piece. I feel like most of the time they're like 
10, 15 minutes a pop based mm-hmm. on like the opening score. And then they sometimes to pad an episode, they go previously on black Clover. And I'm like, Oh fuck. I just got to fast forward through this. And then they just power up for like three episodes. Eh, it's a little bit more gracious than that. When Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> where it literally is a power up the entire time. <laughs> but sometimes it's annoying. Cause they do these like big arcs where I'm like, Oh my God, I got to see what happens next. I'm so excited. And I click on the next episode. And it has nothing to do with it. And it's all about like their chibi side character. And I'm just like, what the hell is this doing here? Like, it's not even relevant to the plot. Gotta <laughs> have yeah. a B story. It, it's, I, Tyler, it's not. It's like complete sidetrack. It's like if we're about to talk about the climax of a movie, or I get there, and then we veer <laughs> aggressively to the side to talk about a whole different plot in a whole different movie. Completely uh, derail to talk about like Nine Nub or something. Exactly. Yeah, we completely derail to talk about Nine Nub for like. 35 minutes and the podcast runs out of time because we like like uh what the audience doesn't know is that you and i both have bomb timers next to us (laughs) and if we don't finish the podcast in a certain time it'll explode we've come pretty close a couple of times with jacob where i'm like side-eyeing the bomb and i'm like well it could be it this time this is the moment (laughs) and then jacob breaks in and then it's the wrong building it's the wrong building and And i go look Rachel explodes. I go, it's all right, Harvey. Sometimes. <laughs> That's still my favorite. My favorite line almost the entire Dark Knight is when Rachel's in that room and she goes, hello, hello. And then just I don't know explodes. why I like it so much. Yeah, no, well, she doesn't explode yet. She just like doesn't know where she is. She just like, yelling hello. <laughs> I just think it's funny for some reason. Maggie Gyllenhaal says it very funny. Yeah. But that's what's new with me, Tyler. How about yourself? What's new? What's new? <laughs> that was almost like the Skeksis edition. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, the Skeksis have those big old swords. They that do. Spear things. They should have like axes. And by axes, I mean guitars. <laughs> just wailing on electric guitars. That'd be cool. They just rip. I feel like the Mystics would just have like chimes and like flutes. I feel like all the Mystics play bass. Just all of them. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> That's a crazy band. Yeah. Um uh there's been I've been watching too many movies this mm. month. Uh to timestamp this like I used to. <laughs> um we're recording on January twenty seventh. Mm-hmm. So this episode's basically coming out a month from now. And this month, first month of twenty twenty one, I've mostly just been home because uh, you know, LA is pandemic city. So Yeah. And watch huh? our governor thinks it's not. <laughs> yeah. This is old news to everybody at this point. But yeah, yeah, I, know, I yeah. know. Everything's open again. Maybe by a month from now things will be closed again. Yeah. Or it's uh, it's our favorite knows? game we like playing in LA recently. <laughs> yes, yeah, just risking our lives to go to the mall. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> Aside from that, uh, oh yeah, so the, my point being on that is that I probably watched like 50 movies this month. That's Shit. healthy. Well, I, I guess if it's keeping you sane and alive, do whatever you gotta do. <laughs> it's not It's not that healthy. <laughs> okay. So, uh, but instead of talking about any of those movies, just because I feel like it's like a jumble now, I've just been watching a lot of like, oh, that movie is fine <laughs> kind of thing. Yep. Um, I'm trying to just watch better movies now. Mm. So I finally got around to seeing Sound of Metal. Oh, how was that? Uh, it was good, yeah. I mean, I think Grayson uh, said on her episode she saw it was really good. That's right, yeah. That's um, about the deaf uh, guitarist or drummer or something? Uh, yeah, it's about a drummer played by Riz Ahmed who's slowly losing his hearing. 
Oh, nice. Well, I don't know about slowly because it's like basically already gone. And he's mm. just like basically living through that and trying to adapt to a new life. And he's oh, having a very hard time. Yeah, I watched that with Lily the other night. Uh, it took like six times to get back into it because like anytime <laughs> it's like, hey, we should finish Sound of Metal because it came out like three months ago at this point. Yeah. And then we come back to the spot we were at. <laughs> And it's just him like crying in a in a parking lot, like really aggressively. I'm just like, I'm not really feeling this right now. This is a yeah. lot. I feel like I've just finished movies like that in one sitting. Although it's gonna get really hard to go back to. Yeah, we should have never stopped. So, but yeah, it was very good. Um, I think it's not just about um a person losing their hearing, which is like what it's mainly about, and like the mm-hmm. struggle of that, but also having a new perspective into that. I think a lot of people, including myself don't really have that perspective you know mm, so totally it's like the greatest thing as roger ebert once said uh of it being an empathy machine movies Ooh. that is um, i like that just better understanding other people's uh lives but also i think it's just kind of like if you go away from life for a while and you like kind of uh you know go into your own thing and come back out to the people that you're around um you come back a couple months later and things are like radically different sometimes you know mm-hmm. totally so, that perspective is really interesting. But um, other than that, I've been playing, or I beat Resident Evil 1 Remake. Congratulations. Um, I'll play Resident Evil 2 and 3 Remakes whenever I get a PS5, whenever those are available. I'm still <laughs> trying to see. That's my little wager in my head is what will I get first, the vaccine Ooh. or a PlayStation 5? <laughs> it's so dystopian. Is. I love it. <laughs> it's uh, It's dystopian, <laughs> but it's reality. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's that. Uh, I, I liked it quite a bit. Um, it feels like kind of beholden to the, the original a lot, mm. but it's at least like, it looks very nice for being, it was remade in 2002 and Switch oh, okay. just has a bunch of old games, but it looks like it's not like graphics wise. It's obviously nothing like incredible. It's not like present day, but like just actually like the world and like the design of the mansion and everything. I think the lighting is very nice. And everything, but it feels pretty beholden to like the original puzzles and stuff. And there's like way more puzzles than I expected, especially since I've been playing Resident Evil Six with Lily, yeah. which is all just like action, action, action. Oh, go punch a bunch of zombies because you're out of ammo. <laughs> uh, so it's good. But now I'm playing Resident Evil Zero, which is the prequel, which came out the same year as that, and it feels more like untethered. It mm. feels more loose and everything. So I, I okay. like that a lot. And the characters cool. So. Nice. Um, other than that i played a game called castle of hearts which i bought for two dollars on switch and it's just kind of like trying or something where it's like a side scroller (laughs) and you go through all the levels and it's like the most five out of ten game like ever no it's not very good like it's not like even offensively bad it's just like yeah this works like i i just very (laughs) much feel like i'm playing a game you know it's like Mm. oh i understand all the mechanics and how they designed it yeah so yeah, I'm only bringing it up because I feel like I'm <laughs> that in combination with watching so many movies, so many whatever movies this year or this mm-hmm. this month. I'm really mm-hmm. trying to just like limit myself and like slow down and just like, hey, I should uh, apply this energy towards working on things. Uh, well, we work on this on every week if you want to feel a little bit better about yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. But um, I'm not trying to be a downer or whatever. It's like, hey, I'm probably spending too much time playing these games that I just feel like I, I feel compelled to complete. Don't play games that you find boring. Like that four out of ten game, just put it down or delete it or something. <laughs> the worst thing though is that like I can't delete it from my library. Like I can't like ever like it's just in my download queue. Yeah. Like, I can go back and check. It's like, oh you saw this game. I'm like, no, can I just like hit it with a hammer? Like I don't want it. I don't want to <laughs> oh look God. at it anymore. 
I don't want to give you another to-do list, but I know an excellent game is Hades, which oh, I, yeah. I liked a lot. And you should try that. You might dig it. Yeah. Um, I'll let you know when I get it when it's on sale, and then yeah. I'll play it. But it's, it's a good game to get on sale. But yeah, that's 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 my MO, playing games that uh, everyone played six months before to ten years later. Mm-hmm. Me too, dude. I thought about streaming a Hitman the other night. I might do it tonight, <laughs> and just to and I hope you're there so I can show you how to play Hitman correctly. But <laughs> I think I know how to play Hitman correctly. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I bore witness to it. <laughs> just disguising as Florida man or a big, or just assaulting the giant flamingo guy in front of everyone and running away. Yeah, everyone sees you drag the body, get shot a bunch. You just played Hitman. That's how you play it. Yeah, but uh, and, yeah, that's that's about it for me. You know, that's good. But you know what? We should talk about naked gelflings that look like monsters. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the, naked gun. The naked gun part four, aka the dark crystal. Naked gelfling from the files of dark crystal. <laughs> the files of the Skeksy presents the naked gelfling. Uh, yeah, I, it's funny how I text. I texted you that last night. It was like. The Gelflings are gross, and you're like, they are when they're naked, and like you just knew what part I was at, apparently. Which is <laughs> yeah, like, because like, I remember I watched beginning. the movie, and I was like, he looks disgusting. <laughs> like, <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> but I'll, I'll definitely like fluctuate between... So I've never seen this movie before, and I'm okay, guessing cool. you've seen this like dozens of times, right? This was the movie of my childhood. Like This is one of the, crea- the media creations that helped make Connery. And I definitely see and understand that after having now seen it and then looking more into it. Like, yeah. while I was watching it, like, I almost didn't give it enough time. Like, there's several times throughout the movie where I had to rewind a couple seconds several mm. times because I kept missing something. And I was like, oh, that's, like, really interesting. Yeah. And this is, like, really dark. <laughs> and yeah. uh, this all makes sense for Connery. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very... It's very whimsical. At, not whimsical. Sorry. It's very mystical. And it's very ethereal. But it's also very dark but also the darkness is has like light to it in ways i i always find very interesting and i like a lot and the creature design is just amazing and beautiful to me yeah for every skexies there's a mystic mm-hmm. which i think is so cool then they turn into you know what actually i'm gonna i'm gonna grab something real fast hold on it's right it's okay. right on my bookshelf but i thought it might be fun for to have for this i wonder if it's uh a gag nose and glasses what are you saying to me oh he's wearing a full-on podling cosplay outfit <laughs> i'm wearing a full-on podling cosplay i'm saying get that <laughs> just dancing no. around and playing instruments having a good time until the big lobster men come in and attack you you mean the gartham <laughs> yes so i'd like to present to you this is the dark crystal bestiary Ooh. that i picked up online this year because it came out and it has stuff from the show and it has stuff from the movie and it just has all the details of all the creatures and characters we've come to love so much. Like this little like podling stuff. Podlies are lively are lively bipedal creatures that live in tight-knit communities. Their appearance can vary, but generally they have small beady eyes, prominent smiles, and rounded potato-like figures. <laughs> <laughs> they are very potato-like. They're like yeah. sack people. And uh that was one of my favorite parts, is just <laughs> like between like the scene uh transitions each time i'm like all right they're going somewhere else i like look away for a second and then i look back mm-hmm. at the screen i'm like they're basically like in a, a like they're friendlier versions of hobbits yeah like the podlings are the purest most simple race that exists in the dark crystal <laughs> and i love them a lot they're very very kind 
and they're subjugated by the Skeksis in the saddest way possible. <laughs> yeah, by uh, melting their faces to give the Emperor youth, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> it's their essence! <laughs> There's so much that I'm just like, wow, uh, here's the Emperor in the beginning, he's just disintegrating because he's oh. dead. Yeah, I, his, his last slides compared to the his mystic counterpart is is good. Or he's like, I am still emperor, and the mystic is like trying to pass on his knowledge or what he can to Jen before he passes away, and the emperor is still clinging to power even in his last bit of breath. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was a very interesting first watch because basically every like I totally get why the Gelflings look the way they do because they're like the more humanoid figures, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, oh, they're the protagonists. Like, especially Jen is the protagonist. And uh, so you need a little, like, especially with everything else looking so weird, (laughs) all the different creatures looking so weird, you need something a little more humanoid to, like, Mm -hmm. uh, connect to. Yeah. But the whole movie, they were definitely, like, (laughs) the freakiest things to me. (laughs) Because it's like, oh, like, these big, like, weird maggot frogs? Those are cool. Yeah. I like those a lot. That Kira is friends with? I love those things. Yeah. And like the Skeksis are even just like really cool looking. Um, mm-hmm. The Mystics are a little creepy, but. I thought you loved the Mystics. That was so shocking to me. And you we were like, I want to hang out with the Skeksis. I'm like, well, me too. But I thought for sure you'd be on like, want to be with the Mystics. But as I was watching this movie, I was taking a bunch of notes of just like the most like base, imp- like base. Um, instinct reactions to everything happening and then i went back and like did all the research of like wow this like whole world is so detailed and Mm -hmm. the lore they put behind it and everything like i know they wanted to do a sequel after this one and then they finally did the prequel series with the show (laughs) which only had one season it was canceled right there's a yeah it was canceled and there's a whole bunch of actually comic books that flesh out the world even more which is really fun have you read those or I've read, uh, I think, Volume 1 and Volume 2. I I don't think I've read the one where Jin and Kira actually, or Jen and Kira actually rule the Dark Crystal. I've read the ones when they're like, ver- ones that are very, very old, and this new race of fire gelfling emerged from under, under the earth and has to find their place in the world. Jeez. Yeah. Um, well, did you watch, like, a lot of Henson stuff, like Muppet stuff when you were a kid, or is it mainly this? It was, this was probably the main Jim Henson, Frank Oz thing that I watched a whole bunch. I mean, I have vague memories of Labyrinth, but this was my, like, um, gold standard for those movies. And for some yeah, reason, I, I, I only saw Mirror Mask once but when I was little, and that still is scarred in my, in my brain for some reason. <laughs> I still haven't seen Labyrinth, and I feel like whoever's listening to this episode is probably the kind of person I would be like, what? <laughs> yeah, Which I'm a little like, valid. what? Because it's very adjacent. Yeah, but you're you're a very uh, what's his name, um, David Bowie fan. Yeah, and I, I was just talking to Lily about this the other night. She's like, "You haven't seen Labyrinth?" I'm like, "No, I don't know. Like, that's like the one David Bowie thing I haven't seen because I just like don't like how he looks in that movie. <laughs> I know nothing about the movie really, but I just his, I don't like his hair. I don't like his outfit. Mm-hmm. I like how he For- looks in everything else. <laughs> That's what people but, cite as their like sexual awakening is the is is not pants labyrinth is labyrinth for some reason I'm like yeah that was just yours Connery is pants labyrinth yeah that was mine I was like hell yeah that <laughs> fun <the>, all the <laughs> demented Catholicism of yeah, pants yeah, labyrinth Catholicism <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a lot of that a lot of strong themes of that throughout that movie <laughs> intense self sacrifice 
excuse me but even the the muppets i didn't watch a lot as a kid because i think it plays in the whole cartoon thing for me too mm. but or i was just watched way more cartoons cartoon network and nickelodeon than i did yeah, anything live, live action. action even puppetry even uh anything as great as the muppets but mm-hmm. i remember liking muppet treasure island as a kid i haven't seen it in forever and i just saw a muppet christmas carol <laughs> christmas 2019 because lily showed it to me and i'm like yeah this is really good michael kane is so good in this movie. he's fantastic and i literally watched it for the first time ever like i think this this literal past christmas like i watched it for the first time and i had so much fun yeah yeah it's uh he should have gotten an Oscar or something for that. Oh, yeah. He did a fantastic job. He just delivers everything so straight, which I loved so much. He's, like, really in it. Mm-hmm. Like, he's doing such a good job amongst all these, like, weird puppet characters. And he's just like, actually, no, I'm doing a Christmas carol, damn it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess especially Jim Henson wanted to do this this movie in particular to uh, varietize, I guess, the kind of work that he was doing. Like, a lot Mm -hmm. of it was very, like, kid-oriented. I mean, this still is, like, I think this movie is definitely still meant for children. Yes, but it has some very dark, intense themes to it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There was some quote, I can't find it right now, but it was, like, Jim Henson, like, saying he was very inspired by grim fairy tales. Mm. And he said said something along the lines of, like, it's not healthy for kids to not be afraid anymore. I agree, frankly. I, I like, think it's yeah, kind of necessary. True. It's just like it's just like an intense line from Jim Henson. Yeah. Like, but like right behind you, we have the image of, of the podly being drained of its essence on our Skype call, yeah. and that part scared me so much. But it made me be like, they they're gonna win. And then when Kira's being drained, I remember it always make me so scared because I hated that when she like ah, uh, it was so upsetting. But she'd get out, and good would prevail despite how scary things get. Yeah, it really, like, rebalances itself, where it's, like, not too dark. Like, there's even the point... Well, actually, does their little... Does their little... I know I'm jumping all over the place, but does their, oh, does sure. their little dog pet thing Fizzgig? die at the end? Fizzgig does not die. He is saved by Olgra. Okay, yeah, because for a second, I like I saw it get kicked down the giant, like, <laughs> Temple of Doom-like hole. Yeah. And I, I, I was like, like wait, was is like... that thing just dead? And then I'm like, oh, it's probably get saved, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was just killed because Black Cauldron just does that, where, like, that yeah. one game, <laughs> just freaking dies. <laughs> yeah. I forgot he died in the movie. Grayson's nickname or moniker she's gone by for the past few years has been Gerg after that, after Gergi, for some reason. Why? I don't know. It was like a self-moniker she bestowed upon herself, and no one really stopped her. So now she goes like, I'm just Gergen. So we're like, all right, you are Gergi. And I, I thought he lived at the end, but she's like, nope, he dies. In a normal, like, kids thing, yeah, you wouldn't expect the sidekick, like, friend to die. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, well, this was the 80s. This seems pretty dark. Maybe their their pet thing just straight up died. Yeah, it's it's horrible, and I'm really glad Fizzgig didn't die, because I was like, oh, man, Fizzgig dies, that sucks, but then he's saved by Olga, and I was like, good, I because I like Fizzgig a lot. There's that scene where she says, no, Fizzgig, you stay here, and he goes, ah! <laughs> yeah. He just I like Fizzgig a lot, too, because it's like, oh, it's just this fluffy thing that opens his mouth, and it has, like, shark teeth, and it's just <laughs> screaming. <laughs> Fizzgig's amazing, that's why. It's awesome. Uh, but yeah, this my mom and her go-to thing was she would use like the fake Kira animal language a bunch when we were low. She'd be like, ah, shibay, 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 which like talked to me and Grace, and we'd just be like, oh, and just like zone out and stop. <laughs> Cause you're <laughs> cause you... never mind. 
Because we're make animals. A joke, but they just, just come off as mean. Because <laughs> we're animal children, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, that's it's, it. The Dark Crystal's been very ingrained in my life. It feels like, but and I that's maybe why I love it so much. There's just so many weird animals in this too, but like mm-hmm. they're different enough where it's like, okay, I see the influence, but it's definitely not like anywhere relatively earth-like animals like mm-hmm. <laughs> i was just playing resident evil 6 like i said with lily the other day and it's uh or the other night and a lot of the mutations in this one it's just like oh this person's just straight up half grasshopper half dude like it's not even like a zombie anymore he's like a zombie man with big old grasshopper legs or spider yep. legs or uh there's one with just a giant ant head <laughs> and i'm just like these they're just, like, they're just doing whatever they want now like at this point <laughs> I know behind in the franchise, obviously, but I can oh, definitely yeah. see why they transitioned with with res with all that. But yeah, with Resident Evil Seven, they really kind of got back to basics <laughs> instead of just like the most extra stuff ever. <laughs> I'm so I'm a, you know I'm a huge fan of extra sometimes, but even then yeah. I can overdose on that. I mean, the point we're at now is like so. There's like four different campaigns. I know I'm derailing, mm-hmm. but um, this one's like the Chris Redfield campaign, and he's uh-huh. like a traumatized uh, squad leader now because too many mm-hmm. of his men have died, and like. He's so mad at this, like, invisible giant snake monster. (laughs) (laughs) In the cutscenes, he's always just, like, sprinting at it and telling everyone else to shut up. (laughs) He's like, shut up! You don't tell me what to do! And then, like, (laughs) what was... Oh, they're all running after him, and he just yells at the giant snake, invisible snake, just, you sneaky piece of shit! And he's just like, like, what the hell is happening? I guess Chris Redfield's gonna be the, like, maybe one of the antagonists in the new Resident Evil game that's coming out. Ooh. Yeah, that so when you said fun. he's a traumatized soldier, I was like, oh, that's probably why he's maybe an antagonist in this next one. Yeah, that'd be fine with me. He's kind of just like the generic hero type, so that'd be cool to do something different with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with this movie. Oh, just like, speaking about all the animals, yeah. There's just, I, I would like to just go through this whole movie, but I, at the same time, I think it'll take up too much time. So, but just all the, <laughs> just because there's like a lot to unpack. Like, you just watch this movie and you're like, Oh, okay. Like this seems like just a kid, like normal kids movie, kind of like you just it has this like if you don't know who's making it and stuff, it kind of has this feeling of just at face value. You can kind of take it for granted, mm-hmm. but there's just like so much texture and depth to every single scene, and like attention to detail, and like just a lot. Like the whole world feels so fleshed out. It really does. It feels so lived in and beautiful, and just I, I love it so much. I've said that a billion times already, but. Did you have a favorite monster or animal that you saw? Because I know I'm a big fan with the Nani Tamor, the Land Strider creatures that they ride on for a little while. <laughs> well, just speaking of the Land Striders, like, yeah, like, they're very strange. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. everything's very strange. But I wrote down, like, I have several different notes where I just, like, impulse wrote things down. <laughs> and I wrote those down as weird-ass catfish rabbit mounts. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they're, like, part bat with their weird, like, claw hands, giraffe. Yeah. rabbit creatures they just like walk around on all fours they look demented but they're so cool it's weird like yeah all, all the creatures in this are, like the right amount of scary like i mean i never saw this as a kid so maybe it was mm. would would be too much then but um i remember stuff from like never ending story where some stuff was just like way too much way too dark yeah. it's like no this is disturbing um mm-hmm. this is also coming from the guy who like still hates et because he, he looks scary and weird <laughs> But I like the Land Striders a lot. Uh, just the whole design is just, like, so alien, but, like, that's the whole design of everything. It's, like, al- very alien, but human, like, Earth enough. Not human enough, but Earth-like mm-hmm. enough of animals. Yeah. 
like they grew up in a different biome and they actually exist there. Like you, you feel their presence and they're not like totally, they, like you said, they, they feel alien, but not too far. Yeah. And I was reading, uh, there's this website called VFX wire that has an article on mm-hmm. just like all the v- VFX and like special effects and everything for this movie. And for the land striders, it was like, if you just like, I didn't think about it, but it was like, they're just saying like, once they say it, it like makes sense. But basically it was, <clears throat> Well, an overall point, basically, is that I didn't even really think of how basically every character has a person inside of the puppet, mm-hmm. you know, because I just don't know a lot about puppetry. So it's just like, okay, there's a whole on performer inside. It's not just people with rods and sticks and stuff like that. <laughs> like, you have to yeah. have a base person mm-hmm. because everything is at full scale. Yes. Like, you're shooting none of this. Basically, I'm sure there's some miniatures, but like like the the castle itself is probably a miniature during like the mm-hmm. outside scenes with like glass matte paintings to like put over mm-hmm. on on top and everything like that. But um, yeah, everything is full scale, so obviously there's a person in there. And for the landstriders, there's people on stilts. You know, mm-hmm. I think it was like one person per per landstrider. And uh, according to this article on VFX Wire, that uh, they had like cranes on top, so if somebody tripped. Uh, they would like they had them hooked to the crane so oh. that if they tripped, they wouldn't like eat shit and like break their legs and stuff because <laughs> <laughs> they're like six feet in the air. You know? They are. So no, that's smart. Pretty dangerous. So that was like really cool. I'm like, okay, because like I didn't even think about how they pulled it off. It's like, oh, of course it's a person in there. Of course they had to find a way to make it safe. It's just like mm. doing so much like prep work to make everything so immersive. Totally. They they and they do such a good job of that. The the. Like, the world feels just so amazing. I'm looking for more stuff here. Oh, here's something. Um, my family, to further include why how the Dark Crystal is embedded in just how we talk to each other sometimes, if we're saying, like, oh, I did this and I did that, we kind of en- end up eventually going to the And I found the Gelfling! I suffered great pain! <laughs> yeah, I think you've said that around me several times. I'm like... Haha, ha. and I'm like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Now you do. I'm being the Chamberlain where I'm like, I did this. I just, I found the Gelfling. And then I go, I am the captain now. Me. Me. I'm the captain. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's definitely a thing. And then just constantly going, hmm, is something that <laughs> I, I do, and no one ever knows the reference, and it makes me sad. Yeah. I would say, so I never answered your question. But I would say, like, I don't know if this counts, but I think the podlings are my favorite, like... They count. <laughs> ...race of people or whatever, because they're just so mm-hmm. joyous and, like, having a good time and playing instruments. Yeah. <laughs> and when when the, uh, what are they called? The big... Gartham. Lobster po- Gartham break in. There's, like, an old podling, like, whacking it with a stick, being like, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, like, get out. just, like, scared, but, like, just obviously overpowered. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I just, I like a good, I like little creatures that play <laughs> instruments and are like, uh, like, you know, they're kind of like bigger Babu Fricks in a way. Yeah, they're, they're hobbits of the, of the Gelfling world where they literally oh. live the easiest, most content life they can. And they kind of just live and accept what, what they've been given in the world. And they're just like, yeah, we're just going to have fun. <laughs> yeah, because basically... I start this movie with the Gelflings being like, ew, I don't like them. Like, I really don't like them. And then the Mystics, I'm like, all right. And then Skeksis, I'm like, yeah, these these guys are pretty cool. Like, they're pretty fun. Like, they're intentionally scary. And then the giant crab monsters come up. Mm-hmm. And I just put, wow, that giant crab monster rules. It does. The Gartham are awesome. I remember wanting an action figure of those so bad when I was little. But 
I never got one because I don't think they exist. <laughs> yeah, I, hopefully they do now. I would think they would by this point. Yeah, you'd think. Um, I'm just going through all the things that I capitalized in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I think the next thing is the baby gelflings are even grosser. What baby gelflings? When they show like the flashback of uh, is it? Kira? Oh, oh, when they when they dream fast, right? Yeah, they dream fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and she's like, or, or no, I think uh, Je- Jen is a little kid. Mm-hmm. So it's like the little gelfling. I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote in all caps, big maggot frog family. Like yep. that. Just casually <laughs> eating muck. It's good. They love it. Um, I like their hap- happy hobbit friends that hang out underground and jam out and drink things. <laughs> the podlings. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that's about it, you know? Nice. What do you think of uh, Agra? Because I like her a lot. I feel like she has very cool, like, uh, isms and bisms that she, that she kind of spouts throughout the movie. Yeah, Agra's really cool. I like I like her design a lot, too. Um, mm-hmm. She's kind of like kooky wizard archetype, you know? <laughs> exactly. A k- very kooky wizard. Very angry wizard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, more mostly angry, but like... <laughs> Not even necessarily well-meaning, but you know, like they actually like aren't going to turn on the main character or anything. Mm-hmm. It's why They're the just... why a fun fact is why the Skeksis won't necessarily just like kill Agra is because she is literally the Earth, like she's the essential Earth goddess. <laughs> oh, yeah. So she is a uh, Ran, basically incarnate, and that's why she can't die. Apparently, she once had a she was once half male, half female. But her male half was burned away during some kind of event. That's all in the lore of Dark Crystal. But now she's just female. Uh, yeah, because uh, apparently Frank Oz voiced uh, o- Ogra. Is that yeah, Ogra? Mm-hmm. Ogra originally, but then Jim Henson wanted a female voice, so they went. They had somebody else redo it. Um, I'm spacing that's, on the. That's probably the why they uh, they they put that lore in there <laughs> with a Frank Oz doing it originally. Then Jim is big. Now we're gonna have a lady do it. Yeah, what's great about what's great about all that stuff is basically like it's with Star Wars too, where it's like you show enough on screen mm-hmm. where you can go reverse engineer a lot of lore and everything. Totally. But it seems like it seemed like Jim Henson and uh Frank Oz and like uh, Brian Froud, I think his name is, he did like mm-hmm. a lot of the designs. Like they all had like a lot of lore in their heads way beyond this movie. Mm-hmm. And you I really appreciate that. I mean, I really appreciate in a way that this movie is only an hour and a half long because it mm-hmm. feels so dense without being expository. It really just shows you a lot of stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, these are the podlings. It's fine. You know, like mm-hmm. these are this is a fizz fizz gig. Fizz gig. <laughs> fizz gig. This is fizz gig. You know, he's cool. Um, mm-hmm. Kira, Frank she's Oz- lived with the posl- podlings and also only female gelflings have wings. Da 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 da. Yeah, she's like, well, yeah, you're a boy. That's why you don't have wings. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> like, fair enough. <laughs> fair but enough. There's nothing that's, like, overexplained. Um, but I almost wanted, like, another half hour of this just to, like, live in the world more. Mm-hmm. You know? It, it so. does leave you wanting more in, in a big sense. And it the story, although, is really simple because it feels like you go from one thing and then something happens and then something else happens until we finally get to the castle. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a really fantastic in its simplicity and it just i feel like it lands pretty much everything it tries to do (laughs) especially i like the whole my theme that i take away from this movie is that good and evil are often intertwined in the same in a way especially with the 
what's called the mystics and the Skeksis being part of it was essentially the same being that in their own like arrogance split the crystal and split themselves. And they're like, no, like everybody contains both a Skeksy and a mystic. We are all what's what's there. There's a line the guy says, like one of the big super reincarnation person says to them where he says, uh, he says, I'm the crystal skull from Indiana Jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull. Oh, here it is. When uh, when Kira's dying, he says, she is part of you as we are all part of each other. And I was like, that's good. I like that. Yeah, and that's it. There's not, like, the big lore in the beginning. Like, I love a movie that just, like, slowly re- unra- unravels itself, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, its whole world. And it's just like, oh, okay, I get what's going on completely now by the end. Yeah. But I'm glad I didn't totally understand what the Skeksis were, what the Mystics were. Like, it's like, they're even, like, the little intro, it's just like... Like, probably a terrible example of it. Well, a great example of a terrible use of <laughs> a little intro is, like, David Lynch's Dune, where it's just, like, a space princess talking into the screen, being like, this is all the stuff that happens in Dune. Let me give you all this begin." And it's just, like, way too much. I still Every like that I... movie. It's definitely very flawed, but, like, that's just, like, not a good intro. <laughs> No, I, I remember I fall asleep every time I've watched Dune. I've only seen it or tried to watch it maybe a couple of times. Yeah, maybe we won't fall asleep during uh, Timothy Oliphant's. <laughs> Timothy Oliphant. Isn't, isn't that who's going to be in Dune? Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet, sorry, not Timothy Oliphant. My brain's breaking. That's okay. Not It's not to be confused with Timothy Hollandaise. <laughs> Timothy Hollandaise, the ranch dressing. <laughs> yeah, they're both in contention to be Wonka. <laughs> To pick up the mantle of Wonka. I don't know about that. I don't think there needs to be a Willy Wonka prequel. I don't I know why that has to exist. I think it's very necessary. It will, it will cure COVID if we come out with a Wonka movie. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't get it. I, I think Tom Holland or Timothy Charlemagne are really dumb choices for a young Willy Wonka. Because maybe if they grow up to be Johnny Depp. But I'm like, they're not Gene Wilder. I don't know. Yeah. They already kind of did it with the the Tim Burton one, anyways. And they did exactly. They did <laughs> do my, that. Where he's my favorite part of that movie is the Christopher Lee as a dentist dad. Yeah, it gives this character some I don't know what's the word pathos or something where he is actually takes care of him, even though his dad was a piece of shit. He takes care of his teeth like <laughs> immaculately despite you owning like, a chocolate geez. factory. You're like, sheesh, why is this guy like chocolate so much? It's like, oh, it's because his dad hated chocolate. Choc- he was a dentist. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just really funny. Did he like burn the cho- all his like candy at one point in the movie or something like that? Probably. I don't really remember. We'll have uh, to come back uh, and cover the, <laughs> the Willy Wonka franchise whenever that new movie comes geez. out, I guess. Cheer <laughs> up, so Charlie. <laughs> I mean, I love the first one. But, yeah, uh, first well, uh, Dark Crystal. <laughs> Dark what was crystal. I trying to say? There's so many things I want to talk about, but like they're just scattered. That like, well, let, let, like let's, just, let's try to hit some. Come on. I just like the design of the planet a lot. It's just like kind of a deserty, mountainy planet mm-hmm. um, with a bunch of suns. It's like alien mm-hmm. enough, but still relatively Earth-like, just like everything in this movie. Like they just really hit the production design, costumes, and everything. Like everything just looks and makes sense in this world. Yeah, everything um, f- just feels and looks great i like it i like olga's observatory a lot yeah that's the next thing i was gonna say yeah i'm probably talking way too much but it's just because i've never seen this and you've seen this no and feel free but uh the first uh impression of that is basically like oh that looks like that that ride at tomorrowland yes (laughs) that was my thoughts when i saw it i was like oh it's like the tomorrowland place cool (laughs) i wonder who ripped off who first i guess it's called (laughs) 
yeah. which I don't think I've ever been on because it's just like you just ride around in a circle. Oh, when I was a kid, I used to go on that all the time. Like that was the ride me and my family would go on to close out our our time at Disneyland. Yeah, that's cool. Um, Try to do it with the fireworks I going. I guess it's called the Orrery, which is the Orrery. Agra's Orrery, which is basically like a way to like see the um, formation of the planets and everything, which she mm-hmm. uses for whatever that's the called. The Grand Conjunction! Yeah, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> the Grand Conjunction. <laughs> conjunction Junction. Um, What's your function? It's allowing the Skeksis <laughs> to rule forever in an age of darkness. Yeah, and just like the reveal of that place, I'm like, okay, this is obviously not a miniature. Like, this is a full stage that they mm-hmm. built this giant thing. So just like all of that effort put into building this world is just so cool like i would have been fine if it was a miniature but Mm -hmm, just the fact that it's a full scale thing that moves and works and everything like that's Mm -hmm. just so much extra work put into it and i just really appreciate everything feels so tactile there's a line olgra says about the grand conjunction when jen asks her like well what is that she goes a new beginning could be good could be bad i don't know (laughs) (laughs) which when you say it like that it sounds definitely like a character frank oswood voice yeah, it sounds like Yoda pretty much. <laughs> so I'm kind of glad it wasn't him just to uh, differentiate that because this came out mm-hmm. a year before Return of the Jedi and the mm-hmm. mystic like melts like Yoda does too in the beginning when he's <laughs> yeah. dying. He just force ghosts. <laughs> he does. Yeah, he just disappears like Yoda does. That's right. <laughs> Tactless. But yeah, I guess the beginning's more Gelfling heavy and um, mystic heavy. And it's yep. just like... Mm. <laughs> Like, it, it it was, like, a, a harsh entry point for me to get into, yeah. I think. So, if, like, you don't watch a lot of, like, practical puppetry kind of things with all these, like, physical designs, you're probably in the same boat as me, mm-hmm. audience out there, where it's just, like, I'm just, like, hmm, I kind of would prefer if <laughs> these mystics were CG just to give me a little distance. Like, I don't really want to see this guy walking around next to me. I'm, like, it's just a lot. I would love that. Could you imagine being on set and you just look down and there's like maybe like a five or four foot tall like creatures walking next to you? Like that's awesome. Yeah, I'm just like, uh, it just like feels too real. I guess that's why ET freaked me out too much. He's like too tactile. He's too like tactile. that could be a real thing when I was like six years old. I'm like, yeah. that guy's definitely real. That alien exists. <laughs> He's real. He's behind my TV and I'm freaking out and keeping my parents awake because ET's behind my TV and he's a real person. Is is that real? You, you, he's like behind your TV. That was the fear. Yeah, because that's how, what's what he does in the movie when he's hiding from his mom. I think. <laughs> oh, right, Elliot's mom. I'm guessing your sister didn't have like a mound of stuffed animals or anything that you could be concerned about. No, but my aunt did. Uh, my aunt Brianna, uh, mm-hmm. in her, uh, in her closet. <laughs> so you'd be like, I'm never going in there. Et's in there. Yeah, there's a bunch of older like toys and stuff like that in there. So it was like. It seemed period accurate to E.T. <laughs> toys. I'm like, no. Because whenever I had to go get a... What's that game called? Mousetrap. I was going to say cheese oh. trap. Cheese trap. Mousetrap or Candyland or something. It was like above all the clothes and like the stuff. Mm. And like, I didn't like going in that closet because I thought E.T. would be in there. What do you think he would do to you if you, and like, e. he was, was even there? was even scarier in the closet because he was in disguise. But what would he do to you? Like, he's kind. <laughs> I don't know. He just looks scary. <laughs> Would he touch you? Like, that's the only thing I can imagine him doing is, like, touching you with his raisin he just freaked me fingers. out. He's like a walking poop man. And he's just, like, <laughs> very wrinkly. And especially when he's all dying in the river, it's just really gross. I'm yeah, very glad nasty. there's never an ET2 
even though the sequel of E.T. sounded like like the original idea was basically a bunch of evil E.T.s come to Earth and beat up E.T. Like, that was the original idea for that movie. I'm e. still e. glad gets it didn't mugged. exist. Oh, man, that'd be horrible. I don't like that at all. <laughs> yeah, it's very aggressive and weird, and it's like a horror movie. Uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? There's, I, I know you have more stuff. What more? What more do you want to talk about? I don't know. Like, Fizz Gig. That's Fizz Gig, right? Yeah, Fizz Gig. Fizz Gig's the dog. I keep wanting to put, like, Fizzy Gig or something like that. I feel like there needs to be, like, a third syllable for some reason. Oh, this book has a whole bunch of pages with, like, the Skeksy and their mystic counterpart. That's cool, right next to each other. Yeah, that's, like, another thing. I just didn't realize that. um, I didn't. For some reason, I just figured there's a bunch of Skeksis. Like, it was a whole civilization. Maybe Mm -hmm. I just wasn't paying attention close enough. But then by the end of the movie, I'm like, oh, okay, this makes complete sense. There's an equal amount of them as there are the mystics. Mm-hmm. because they were like i just really like how they become one creature at the end you know yeah it's awesome and There's they're like a... yeah we went through things some things in college you know like we <laughs> became the skexies halfway because we broke the crystal uh that was a big mistake we're sorry sorry we yeah. killed all the gelflings sorry about that dude anyways here's a big crystal castle now you can start over i guess maybe there are more gelfling out there I don't know. <laughs> Rule the podlings, I guess. I don't and know. Now the movie's over. <laughs> <laughs> now the movie's over. Nothing was really resolved. <laughs> Some stuff was. They uh, all the crystal skulls rotated in a big circle and killed the killed the bad guy. That's right. Yes. There's a. Oh, did you know in, in the TV show Mark Hamill does the voice for Skektek? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Skektek was my favorite. No, he's my favorite. Second favorite uh, Skeksis. Who's your first favorite Skeksis? Uh, the guy, the one that's going after them. He loses the big duel. Yeah, yeah, the that's the Chamberlain. Yeah, I like him a lot. Um, <laughs> because he's trying to go like after them. He stops the uh, Gartham from attacking yes. them. So I'm like, oh, is he like actually mean? Well, and then he goes like to the cave that they're at. It's like, let me help you. Let me help you. <laughs> help he's just, like, really <laughs> aggressive and intense. And she's like, dude, like I don't. Like, I kind of want to trust, like, it was good. Like, I wanted to trust him, but, because I don't want to, I want to give him the benefit of a doubt. Mm-hmm. But he was also just way too intense. I'm like, and so when Jen's like, no, no. <laughs> and then, like, stabs him, I was like, yeah, that's probably a good move. Like, he's that so guy's creepy. just really, like, creepy and, like, too much, but. When when he was, he's naked, I thought you'd have a big problem when the ch- they trip, strip the Chamberlain of his clothes and exile him. <laughs> no, I mean, that was cool. It was, like, pretty aggressive, but, mm-hmm. I mean. You know, he lost the big sword duel thing. Yeah. I just remember seeing when he's like naked, he's like, ah, ah, ah. I was like, oh, he's disgusting. They're, uh. But at least he's like built to be gross, you know? Yes. And I guess like the Gelflings are like more like elf like, but like mm-hmm. just the most 80s elves. Like they're like <laughs> half creature, half elf thing. And they're just too human like. So that that's what like, it's like a little uncanny valley, I guess, for me. But I still really appreciated the amount, because just seeing them walk around, like there's one big wide helicopter shot where I'm like, okay, that's got to be a person. And it kind of looks like a person, like in, a, in an outfit. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, just the, the trying to make them look as human looking as possible in their movements. Like I even yeah. noticed that before looking into the movie at all. I'm like, yeah, like I at least appreciate the artistry put into them. Yeah, you're, I know you're a huge not a big fan at all of the uncanny valley but when it reaches that point you get to that movie you're like <laughs> it's just uh i mean it's it's way more common nowadays with cg and stuff like yes. uh, you know dead men tell no tales mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> stuff like what that else? uh every marvel <laughs> movie where they youth youth not euthanize when they when they turn the a marvel actor that's old young yeah they youth 
They youthenize them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they make them youthful. Yeah. Horrible. Uh, horrible Marvel is actually pretty good at that compared to other people. But uh, it's true. <laughs> they they can completely change someone's face. Whereas I guess, oh, DC fans are gonna hate me. But uh, <laughs> DC can't replace a mustache on someone without them looking horrifying. I'm gonna punch you right in the mush. No, I don't care about DC movies that much. But uh, <laughs> hey, maybe I don't know when Justice League comes out. The Snyder Snyder cut. Maybe it's out by now. Who knows? I think it comes out in March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. There's a lot of this movie I like a lot. <laughs> there's a scene with like all the fl- it's like very all the flowers floating away and stuff like that. It's mm. very Avatar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and just a couple couple key players here. Uh, Kieran Shaw, who's like. A very short man, doubled as some of the puppets. Um, he was also an Ewok in Return of the Jedi. Oh, cool. A goblin scribe in Hobbit 1, but you mm. wouldn't probably wouldn't know because I think they're just all CG. Yeah. Could be wrong. Um, and he's basically a character in every single Disney Star Wars movie, so I thought that was really cool. Mm. I, I like That's it a lot awesome. when you know you have like these like uh like these uh background players Veterans. that just come back. <laughs> like Warwick Davis basically is in a lot of the new Star Wars also. But also on that note, Mike Duh. Quinn plays. Uh, unfortunately, he plays the slave, uh, like the slave master Skeksis, who's like in charge of, um, you know, the podlings it's, or whatever. Yeah, that they, like, the podlings. Are sucking all the essence out of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also plays Nine Nub. <gasps> wow! <laughs> awesome. Like that. I wish he was playing a different Skeksis, but you know, it's still cool that he's in this. Eh, they're all evil. They're all supposed to be terrifying and cruel at something or other. That one just likes taking slaves. Yeah, originally I guess they're supposed to represent sev- like each of the seven deadly sins, but then they had too many Skeksis, so they had to like repeat yeah. some of the sins or create new sins. And just like reading that, I'm like, what are the new sins? Like, that's oh, I, kind I, of I a ju- crazy task. I just looked. I just had my. I was looking at my book, just looking at just different Skeksy and Mystic counterparts to see what we could maybe talk about. And I found the name of the Skeksis and Mystics combined. They're the Urskex. Oh right, because it was. Because uh, what are the Mystics called? Like the Uru or something like that. Yeah, the the Ur, Ur, Ur the yeah, Uru. Yeah, because they have obviously Ursul, but that's just this one's name. Ursul the Chanter, the counterpart to Skeksil the Chamberlain. They all have Skek or Ur in their name. Yeah, and um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> I think them being crystalline like uh, figures at the end, um, it's a bit extra. Well, not extra, but like, uh, like I think that species considers themselves like they're a bit hoity-toity about themselves, probably. Yeah, they're Hence, from outer space. Like they're not even from planet Ran. Right. Hence, probably why they're so full of themselves that they broke the crystal and turned into two different species. Mm-hmm. But I also feel bad for the Gelflings because, I mean, I like the design of the Urskax at the end because, like, it's just really cool visually. Mm-hmm. But it also plays, I don't know, I'm probably, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it just makes sense for why they were so, like, over, like, into themselves, basically. Oh, yeah. Like, they're, like, these beautiful supernatural beings that, like, you think, oh, they know everything. So, they're like, well, in our arrogance, we tempered with the crystal, like, the very heart of the world, and then it turned us into... Divide us literally into good and evil beings. Yeah, and it's very much. Um, I'm spacing all. I, I I haven't read the Silmarillion yet, but it's like in Lord of the Rings, that whole universe or Middle Earth, like the people that created, like Saru Sauron was a lieutenant to like this bigger guy who was like a bad version of the, these beings of light, you know? Yeah. 
and they also created the wizards and everything. It feels very much like that, where it's like mm. higher beings. But it, the more you think about it, it's just like, oh yeah, like these people just are lording it over this planet. Then the the mm. Gelflings are like indigenous, right? Like they live on that planet. Yeah, the adult the Gelflings are from there, and then Olga is essentially their god. Although I think she takes a very back seat when it comes to the role of even. I don't think she wouldn't consider herself a god. Yeah, so it just like extra sucks because it's like, oh, like they thought they were so powerful and like. All, like I'm, I'm just reading into it a lot, but like they just thought they were like the rightful rulers in a way, and that's why they mm-hmm. divided to do different things. But they also just caused a lot of problems for these people that, you know, they came into their neighborhood and just, uh, just considered it theirs. You know, they just took over. Yeah. They just you know colonized the planet basically. Yeah, and according to the show, even the the Skeksis did fool that fool the Gelflings for a very long time that they were good and that they did know bet- better than they did, and they should be guardians of the crystal. And, of course, we know what they did with that, and they were bad. And they even kind of bribed Algra from bugging them by giving her that observatory. Oh, and she became more, yeah, and she became more obsessed with the, the stars in the universe. They basically offered her the secrets of the universe in exchange for her just, like, not being involved. And she was like, all right. That's really cool. Yeah, it's, uh, that was one of the complaints when this movie came out, apparently. Some of the critics are like, oh, it's very much like Tolkien's writings. I'm like whatever like it's, yeah. it's a good movie still like mm-hmm. but um it's basically a very condensed easy to f- easier to follow version of like tolkien lore i think is the darkest yeah and i like that sometimes like when it gets really convoluted is when i start to fade away and be like i don't really want to hear any more about this but when it's like kind of straightforward like this and there's like s- more simple lore to dig into then i can be like yeah this is good i can get behind this you start fading into the west yeah you start fading into the west all souls pass yeah, I don't know. I don't have too much uh, else to say. I guess, well, here's some little little key facts, I guess. Like, they Ooh, wanted sure. to... I don't know if you know this. Maybe it's in your book or whatever. But originally, they wanted to... Uh, especially Jim Henson wanted to give the Skeksis, like, a different language. Which is, like, very influenced by ancient Egyptian. Mm. Uh, but when they started shooting it, they he, they realized that they should just shoot it in English. Because they wanted to have English subtitles mm. and do that. But... Um, It'd be interesting to see what that's like, but I like them being in English still just because you get all the accent marks and everything of them. Exactly. All the, the way they speak and stuff, you know. Yeah, they do. I love the jump when the jump goes, I am emperor! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're very, they're very into themselves. Yeah, they're very flamboyant. Like, I love the Skeksis whole deal. <laughs> and the Podlings language is based on Serbo-Croatian. Oh, that's cool. I didn't so know that. If, if uh, anybody watching this movie knows Polish, Russian, and says <laughs> and other Slavic languages, I don't know. Like it, that was the the article, but um, you could understand individual words. But like, I think it's just a bunch of different words put together. You know, that's cool. It's not like sentences. I, I have an idea for our game that we could t- probably cap this off with. Okay. Do you want? Okay. <laughs> Wait. One last Are, thing. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I guess Gendy Tar- Gendy Tartakovsky was supposed to do an animated series of this in like 2006. Oh, and it never happened. That's a bummer. See, like it's stuff like that that makes me so sad. I feel like a lot of really good things don't get another chance for favor of things that have been done a billion times before or aren't as unique or interesting. Yeah, and it's just like knowing how much you like the TV show too, mm-hmm. and just thinking about that, especially after watching this movie, I'm like. I'm like, wow, 25 years is a long time for people to hold on to want more of this world. But now but, you get it. 
yeah, I do get it. Like, it's it is worth it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, why not have more of this? It's pretty cool. And the it's series very well thought out. You know? Yeah, the series is gorgeous, and it's such a tragedy because now that you've watched the movie, you know the Gelflings are all going to die. Like, it's called the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance or Age of Rebellion or something, but they're going to lose and they're all going to die. Oh, so there's more Gelflings in that. Yeah, like in the in the beginning, there's like all these Gelflings, different clans of Gelflings, and they're all kind of uncovering. Like, oh, the Skeksis are bad, and oh, gotcha. yeah, and the crystals initially starting to darken and unleash its true tendency on the world. And yeah, in this this movie, they go to the uh, like uh, old Gelfling city that's mm-hmm. abandoned because they were all wiped out by the uh, crab monster people. Yeah, and I think Gelfling even lived for hundreds of years, so the timeline that has passed actually makes sense with that whole stuff being old and even kind of forgotten. So yeah, it's, it's good. Like I, I love the series so much. If anyone's listening to this and you haven't watched it, I recommend you, I, you know what I say? I, I actually we were kind of tackling back and forth and we were going to do the series in its whole and me being like, we should watch the series first and then you're not going to know what happens. But I think you should watch the movie first and then understand the full breadth of the tragedy the Gelfling are getting into with this whole series that now it never gets to be fully explored. <laughs> Yeah, I'm very much with that and, like, having just played Resident Evil 1 Remake first <laughs> before the prequel, even though the prequel seemed more interesting. Yeah. I have a lot better understanding playing, like, playing or watching the source material first, mm-hmm. and then you go back with the prequel. Like, I think, I, I don't know, I'm appreciating more and more prequels. Like, sometimes they are redundant or don't have a lot of use in terms of, like, the story. It's just sometimes it feels like a cash grab, but sometimes it can really flesh out a lot of stuff and... I don't know, I've just gone on to appreciate prequels more. Yeah, I feel that. Same Z's. So, (laughs) let's play our game. And my game, I feel like, is very simple, but also maybe very hard, depending on how far we want to go with it. But, Tyler, if you were an Urskek and you broke the Dark Crystal, what do you think your Mystic half would be like, and what do you think your Skeksis half would be like? Hmm. Do, like, the Mystics have special different things because they mostly just walk around or like die yeah like, they don't do a whole lot in the movie so they all have they all have different jobs that are similar to the skexies like there's a skekvar the general his counterpart is irma the peacemaker or oh. uh let's see who else we got uh i i did uh the chamberlain and his counterpart already uh let's see oh, okay here's skek kung the gartham master who's lord of all the scary beetlemen and his counterpart is urim the healer so I have to have both the light and dark side of the same one, right? Yes. It's basically you. Wait, who's who's uh, Skektek? Like, who's the light version of Skektek? Oh, let me look that up. Oh, I, just, I hope I literally opened the page to Fizzgig. Hi, Fizzgig. <laughs> Fizzgig rules. He does. Frank Oz called him the boyfriend repellent. <laughs> the boyfriend repellent. That's true. That's exactly <laughs> what he was. Um. So Skektek is the scientist, and then Earthic or I would say Urtit was the alchemist. Ooh. So they had similar jobs. The one's more spiritual than the other. You know what? I feel like that's more you. I'll let you pick yours, but I would rather be uh, Skek Ayik, who's the gourmand, <laughs> and Uramaj the cook. <laughs> like, like their, the ability, their power is just cooking. And like, that's not even me, but I just like the idea of that being my thing as opposed to like anything circumstantial, <laughs> anything useful. Like, well, it is very useful to feed people, obviously. 
Oh yeah. Um, but it's not like power or like you know technology. Yeah, it's not like it's just like it's not yeah. Skexo the emperor, and then like the 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 master of the Urso version. Yeah, I'm, it seems I'm like the most chill. Like I don't have to read a bunch of old scrolls all the time or something. I can just like cook a bunch of good food for everyone. See, I I feel like I think of myself as like the Chamberlain with uh my maybe essence as a person. <laughs> Here's the picture of the gourmand is so good. <laughs> but <laughs> let's see here. Oh, the the counterpart to the slave master is the herbalist apparently, which is interesting. You think he'd be like the freedom fighter or something? There's a character in the Dark Crystal series actually that Grayson kept pointing, "Oh, that's just you." And so I feel like I'm looking for them. Oh, yeah, I think I'm on the actual series now. Uh, Skekmel the Hunter. That was shitty. Um, the con- Oh, here it is. Yeah. So his name is Skekgra, the Conqueror Dash the Heretic, and his counterpart is Urgoth the Wanderer. And their whole thing is in the series, um, that Skeksy kind of realizes, oh, our counterparts are the, are, the, are the Uru. And so they literally seek each other out because they both have the revelation at the same time, and they choose to live together. And... <laughs> I guess a Skekgarup goes from this uh, character who's very the conqueror and very aggressive to a very pageant-heavy person who likes to put on plays for Gelflings, and his counterpart is just someone <laughs> who keeps on falling asleep and couldn't really be bothered. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, so that that whole episode is fantastic with Skekgara and uh, Urgoth, or Urgoth, because they're just yeah. so good. Urgoth just wants to get high all the time, and... Uh, <laughs> Skekra is just this, like, constant fussy buddy, like, <laughs> maniac. Real real crap move on the Urskek to just, like, say, oh, the Gelflings have to solve this problem. It's like, why don't you figure it out yourself, you guys? Like, <laughs> Exactly. It's your, you did this, and then they all choose, like... You planet, you jerks. And now at the end of the movie, you're like, oh, we have become white light and, and uh, crystal again. It's like, all right, good for you, I guess. All my people are still dead because of you. The part that made me laugh a lot is they had to go there anyway, but they send Jen there, and they only arrive a few minutes after Jen. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you're right. Yeah, it's like, it's like kind of, I don't know, it's not even like the Frodo element, where it's just like, oh, only Frodo can actually carry the ring. It's just like, I don't know, he's a Gelfling, he has to go for some reason. Yeah, there's like, oh, no, you do it. We're going to take our sweet-ass time doing it until the Grand Conjunction <laughs> is upon us. <laughs> we got like a port, like two people in this puppet and like a bunch of rods. It's going to take us a while. <laughs> exactly they move so slow <laughs> i like when skeptic falls into the lava and then one of the uru just literally evaporates and it's just gone yeah and I, they all look and they go oh i guess skeptic died i like a big okay. melty pit in a movie and, uh, it's always welcome so yeah i guess i guess that's the dark crystal yeah skeptic's eye uh monocle thing little technology thing is built off of a, a tie fighter a little oh, so that's oh, fun. That. That's my last fun fact. <laughs> that's cool. There's another character in the series I don't like called Skekmal the Hunter because it just feels like the antithesis of what a Skeksy is. And he's ju- he just like goes out in the wind hunts monsters. And I'm like, I can't ever imagine a Skeksy hunting or pursuing anything. Yeah, they're just concerned with themselves and like uh, court intrigue. And I don't know. They just always want to be the emperor, basically. Yeah. Also, the, the the ornamentalist, the one who looks really uh fussy all the time in the movie, that's a man, and not a lady, not a lady skexy apparently, which is fun. Um, I did like, yeah, I like that one a lot too because they made all the all the clothes, and all the co- clothes are very cool. Mm, they have very extravagant robes. I forgot what I was looking up to begin with. <laughs> 
Do you think the gourmand is like just full of his cooking? I guess oh, like, is. is there more of him in the in the? Um, I'll, I'll look. I'll I'll re- I'll read you the the lore thing, and maybe that will come up <laughs> of the gourmand and, and his cooking skills. Read to us at story time. I will. Welcome to story time. This is what I really hoped we'd end up doing at this point in, in the Dark Crystal talk, where I would get to pull out this book and read from it. Okay, ahem, here we are. Would you like to hear both, or just the skek, Skekayuk the Gourmand? Uh, let's hear both. Okay. Skekaruk was relatively benign compared to with his fellow Skeksis, not because he was morally superior, but because his rapacious overeating left him little time to indulge in evil. <laughs> oh, yeah, that sounds like me. Yeah. At the beginning of the division, Skekauk was was a skilled cook with a refined palate, but by the end of that period, he had lost the knack for creation and only consumed, becoming bloated and complacent. But oh Skekauk's greatest sin was not his gluttony. It was his failure to warn the other Skeksis that the consumption of Gelfling essence would lend to Thra's... Oh, the plant's called Thra, not Ra, by the way. So <laughs> Thra's destruction even though he was one of the first to re- recognize its dangers. So he just could give a fuck. <laughs> oh, so like taking the Gelfling essence like kills the planet? Yeah, because the Gelflings are essentially children of the earth as well, similar to Agra. And now let's talk about uh, Uramaj the cook. Like his darker, ha- darker half, Uramaj drew great pleasure from food, but his enthusiasm was for meal preparation rather than endless eating. When creating dishes for his mystic brethren, Uraju prized texture and flavor, working with his great friend Ernal the Herbalist to make sure the meals were perfectly spiced and appropriately wholesome. Like most mystics, Uramaj was never in much of a rush, but fortunately, his dishes were the best consumed cold. <laughs> That's cute. His dishes were best consumed cold? Yeah, because he takes so long. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I missed that point. Yeah. Hey, you know, I'm a big fan. I don't know if it's just me. Uh, Lily <laughs> brings it up sometimes where I like a real good, like, cold leftover. <laughs> there it is. Then you are. Yeah, that's me. Because it's like some things I think are just, like, not better, but, like, I like having two different flavor profiles on the same mm-hmm. dish. Um, Like, you know, if I get something at the Cheesecake Factory and it's a pasta, I eat a cold pasta the next day. Ugh. I hate the texture of cold pasta so much. <laughs> I mean, you just got like sometimes it's like too dry, but mm. or a uh, you know good vegan chicken wing. I've been eating a lot of those recently. Um, eat it hot and spicy the next day. Like even something that's spicy, like cold the next day. I like that a lot for some reason. I know a lot of people probably think that's gross, but I like that. <laughs> I want to see if I can. Oh man, these are actually kind of long. Should should I also read my guys, Skekra the Conqueror, Dash Heretic, and Urgoth the Wanderer? Yeah, sure. Whoever's here for here's for the Dark Crystal episode, they're still here. Exactly. Yeah. So Skekra's existence proves proves that no life form is irredeemable. Early in the age of division, Skekra the Conqueror traveled the unexplored regions of Thra, subjugating all all he found. But in later time, he renounced his conqueror ways, only to be labeled as the heretic by his fellow Skeksis. Skekra's moral awakening came b- about slowly, starting as his secret s- as a secret sympathy toward the mystics and culminating in a great vision. Triggered by the consumption of, uh, what's his name? Who is this? Of uh, Erdarup berries. <laughs> oh, it's just berries that got him high. In this <laughs> vision, Skekra forever, Skekra foresaw the ruination of Thra by the Skeksis and realized 
that the only way to prevent this catastrophe was for his corrupt race to be reunited with their better halves. Although during his early years, Skekra, Scott, bleh, his name is hard, Skekra was skilled only in war. Once befriending Ergo, though, his mystic counterpart, he developed a number of other hobbies, including mushroom farming, playwriting, puppetry, and psychokinesis, oh, pyrokinetics. <laughs> pyrokinetics. He's like, yeah, you know, I, I, I harvest some mushrooms, I write a good play every once in a while, and I also Puppeteering. create fire with my brain. <laughs> And pyrotechnics. <laughs> to better attune his mind to the vibrations of the crystal, Skekra, un- Skekra installed metal... S- oh my god. Installed a metal spike in his head. <laughs> as a president, as a presence of my... Of his, oh, sorry. As a penance for his... These are all like intense cursive. That's why I'm having such a hard time. As a pen- penance for his past sins, he bound one set of his arms behind his back. Skexes have four arms, everyone who's never seen the Dark Crystal before, so he bound a set behind him forever. Sounds like the most Catholic character. Sounds like it. <laughs> anyway, so here's Ergo the Wanderer. After wandering the hills and forests of Thra for many, many, many a trine, that's many years, that's, I think that's 100 years in, er, in Thra time, uh, Ergo was reunited with, Skek- with Skekra <laughs> and finally found purpose working with his counterpart to find a way to reunite as one being. Artistic, outgoing, and friendly, Urga had a good sense of humor and an even better singing voice. He was also a fast talker, at least by mystic standards. <laughs> Alongside Skekra, Urga traveled to Mithra beneath Thra's surface to forge the Dual Glaive, a mighty weapon that could be used to defeat the Skeksis. They also built a program, a built oh built and programmed Lore. Lore is a giant like rock robot in the TV series. Um, a friendly machine that would assist their allies in the fight to save Thra. Although they cur- certainly had their differences, Skekra and Urgra were instrumental in setting the Gelfling on the path to healing the crystal and rejoining the Skeksis with the Uru. So there we go. There's the characters I like the most, I guess, or the Skeksis I feel like I'd turn into. <laughs> there you go. Sounds more dense than being the Gourmand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's certainly a, a lot more of a thick read. And more integral integral to, uh, you know, bringing everyone together. But Hey, your Skeksis knew that the consumption of the Gelfling would lead to the end of the world and chose not to say anything. <laughs> yeah, he didn't care. He was just eating Burger King at that point yeah. instead every day. He, he, he loved it. Whereas the other guy's making excellent cold salads? I don't know. <laughs> he probably does make cold salads or, like, really, like, cool vegetarian food or maybe a chicken that's heavily herbed out or something. Yeah, apparently the big, uh, <laughs> an herb chicken. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, apparently the, uh, big frog creatures are vegetarian too, so. Oh, good. I'd be friends with them. Uh, yeah. but yeah, you know, that's, that's the Dark Crystal. Now what? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's our episode on the Dark Crystal. Uh, you know, I, I I didn't have doubts that I would like this. Um, I I don't know. Like, I feel like if I ever go back and watch Labyrinth, I'll probably like it a lot more. But yeah, you, did you feel like this would just be more of like a chore or something? You'd be like, that was okay. Yeah, I thought it would be like pretty good. Be like, oh, okay, yeah, like you know, like more. I don't know. There's a lot of like, a 80s kid stuff that I am not a huge fan of. I can't even think of anything specifically, but mm. yeah, I don't know. It was a lot better than I expected. I didn't expect it to be terrible, but for some reason, yeah, it was better than I expected. And uh, apparently they're making a Labyrinth sequel, so maybe we'll cover that too. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, that'll be fun. Okay. Labyrinth never really spoke to me, but I'm still excited anyway. I, I like the design of that movie, too. I guess part of it, too, that I like so much about this is that there's no humans. And no humans. It's like a couple people and then a bunch of characters. Like, I like this. It fills its whole own world, you know? Yeah, it's like, you don't exist here. You don't live on Thra. How dare you think you could live on Thra? <laughs> yeah, and I'm very excited to watch Age of Resistance because... I like all that like backstory stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll be into it because that show really kicks it up with like the CGI. They kind of implement that too, but it's still very practical with all the puppetry. Yeah. It's great. Sick. Thanks for joining us on our episode on The Dark Crystal. Stay tuned for next week when we cover 2014 Godzilla, directed by Gareth Edwards, where we let them fight. Let them fight. <laughs> I thought we were doing the, 19, the 90s Godzilla first. I'm kind of relieved that we're not. <laughs> yeah, we'll do. we'll come back for it. When it's uh, not on the main feed. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I'm obsessed with non-made feed things, even though who knows when that would ever happen. But eh, You know, we're getting more likes on our know, Facebook page from people I don't know. You know, franchises are just so big and multimedia. I think we just will keep it to movies as much as we can. On yeah, the cheers to that. And uh, we have or have are so lucky to have the opportunity to expand on the franchises in different media formats. We will. But right Absolutely. Now, Keep it simple. <laughs> mm-hmm. K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid. But we're doing that in anticipation of Godzilla vs. Kong, which comes out <laughs> in theaters, quote-unquote. I guess some people in this country and, you know, most of the other most of the world will be able to see it in theaters, but not us in California. So we'll be nope, watching nope. it on HBO Max. <laughs> is it really coming uh, to HBO Max? That's good, at least. Yeah, it is. And uh, okay. unfortunately, Dark Crystal is no longer on Netflix for some reason. But what? Age of yeah. Resistance. Oh, yeah, that's right. Age of Resistance is, so you can at least watch so that silly. there. That's yeah, so yeah. silly. I remember uh, being shocked when I was, I was like, oh, Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance is on there. should be able to watch the movie, too. Nope. Netflix is nope. weird now. I don't understand it. But thanks again for listening. Stay tuned. And, Connery, what do you have to plug? If you enjoy the sound of my voice and you also enjoy tabletop role-playing games, you might enjoy Starship Impala. It's an actual play, role-playing game starring myself, and past guests like Joseph Horn, Jacob Padilla, and others who have yet to be on the show but probably should one day. <laughs> All impending guests. All impending guests. Even Grayson is on a few episodes that are more chaotic than anything that's ever been on here somehow. Um, I'm on one of them, but I don't think it's out yet. <laughs> I, I don't think it ever will be out, Tyler. I think uh, I think Aww. it kind of that season two kind of ended unceremoniously, unfortunately. Oh. That's okay. Yeah, I'll just I'm do sorry. something else later. Well, you're going to be on our D&D show, remember? Oh, is that happening? Oh, yeah, it's 100% happening. Me and Joe are working on the world right now as we speak. Ooh. We're probably almost done with it at this point. Stay tuned, everyone. Yeah, that'll be exciting. That'll be a fun new thing to plug. But anyway, yeah, Starship and Paul, it's on your Apple Podcasts app and SoundCloud. Tyler, what do you have to plug? Uh, Not too much right now. Follow me on Letterboxd. And Instagram and Twitter at Tiami Vice. Uh, yeah, I've been doing a couple photo shoots, you know, outside, trying to just keep it as safe as possible while still trying to be somewhat productive. Because <laughs> hmm? it's January and now it's February. <laughs> Hopefully it's different a little bit now. But, you know. Maybe. Maybe we have PS fives, Tyler. Wouldn't that be Maybe fun? Maybe we have PS fives. We certainly don't have the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> Definitely don't have that. Uh, but at least the people that need it more are hopefully more of those people have it. 
but that's that's anyways, what makes me happy i, I feel the, like if the people who need it have it then that's really all that matters yeah well in the meantime we'll continue podcasting about things um which mm-hmm. uh you know apparently we're essential workers according to the mayor of la <laughs> oh yeah right they had podcasters on the list that was so stupid but uh we're still recording outside of each like not in the same room because we're playing it safe and yeah. being responsible so follow us at franchise pod at instagram twitter facebook uh, email us at the franchise podcast at gmail.com and follow us on tiktok <gasps> you have a tiktok at, for us now at franchise pod uh and uh i don't i have setting it up right now i haven't posted anything yet but by the time this episode comes out there'll be something it'll be it'll be fully operational <laughs> yes it'll be a, a death star to blow your minds with <laughs> So thanks again. Thanks to Nick Viverka for our music and Grayson Hansen for artwork. And until next time, Connor, you have this one. Until next time. Uh, I feel like I said both my favorite lines throughout this movie, but I'm just going to say it. I found the Gelfling. I suffered great pain. And that's where we'll leave it. Connery in great pain. <laughs> great. I suffered for this. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. <sighs>